Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Father, thank you so much for your grace, for your wisdom, for your anointing, for your for your things which are eternal and which make such a difference in our lives. Thank you, Father. Everyone who came tonight made the effort. Everyone who's watching online, who couldn't be here but wanted to be, but they're watching. Father, we thank you for that. There's, there's a heart hunger there that can be satisfied. And so, Father, tonight we just look to you. And we expect for you to do great things. For you to give us insight. For you to give us light in areas we haven't seen before. And it can change things. Your wisdom is better than gold. We ask you for it tonight. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been talking about if, if, if the Lord sat down with you at your table and wrote you out a prescription about some of the things that would help your life. And we kind of backed up and began to talk about, we were just recapping from last week, that we are spiritual beings. The Bible talks about inner man, outer man. And so... Often when the Bible is talking about things, we're, we're, it's right talking to our spiritual life. It's a, it, these are spiritual truths. And so, sure, can it affect the outer man? Absolutely. But we're also, it, it's, it's directed towards the inner man. We talked about the fact that our inner man, our spirit, can be nourished and built up spiritually. You can be stronger spiritually. And, and some of you probably, if, if you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, you can probably look back on the time and go, you know, that was the time I was, I was tuned in. I was stronger spiritually. Or maybe you can look at a time that you went through something very difficult and the Lord got you through it, but you came through and you're like, boy, I, I, I sense I've been weaker in that. And you can sense spiritual strength. And uh, in fact, it'll show up on your face. It, uh, you, you, can, you can tell spiritual, spiritual health. And so you can be nourished and, and built up. I, I, I love that idea because that means I'm not so limited physically. I can be built up spiritually. My pastor John was John Osteen. He's Joel's father. And John Osteen, he was about five. He would, he would tell us he was five, six and a half. And uh, he, he wanted that half inch thrown in there. But, uh, but he, said, he said, I'm a giant on the inside. And I thought, you know, that, that is really pretty good because uh, I'm five ten and a half and uh, <laughs> but I can be bigger than that on the inside so can you and so we can be nourished we can be built up spiritually and then we can exercise ourselves spiritually we talked about that last week that exercising ourselves unto godliness we use that phrase that uh, verse out of Timothy it said you can exercise yourself unto godliness and we begin to discuss, what does that look like, exercising yourself? And so those are all free. You can download them. You can go back and look them on, on YouTube. But it, it's, a, it's a real good thing to know that he said physical exercise profits for a little bit. But godliness is profitable for, for all things. It has promise of this life and the life to come. And so, boy, isn't that good? That means it affects both realms. There are things we can do that affect both realms. Actually, your giving affects both realms. It can make a difference in this realm and the one to come. And so that's a, that's a good news. And so exercising ourselves spiritually, we've talked about three different areas in our words, in our thoughts, and how we walk, the way we walk. 
and that, that sometimes we'll have to make decisions that in our walk we're going to say no to things, yes to some other things, that in our words we choose words that have life in them, not words that are, 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 are de- negative and, and, and have death in them. And you, you want to begin to do that. You don't, you don't want to constantly speak against what God is doing in your life. You know, we sang that song tonight. It, it, it just struck me. I was this, but now I'm this. I was, I was lost. I never refer to myself as a sinner. So you're saying you're perfect? No, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying I was a sinner, but I was saved by his grace. Now I'm a new creation. And the scripture says, I'm dead to sin and alive to God. The Bible said the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so I'm not going to keep identifying with the fact that I'm a sinner. I'm going to identify with the fact that I've got the life of God in me, and that life of God in me is helping me overcome sin. Sin does not rule me. It does not dominate me. So it's better to talk that way than to keep calling yourself, well, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I understand people say that. We were old sinners, but we were saved by grace. Now we're new creations. Now we've got the life of God in us. Now we have the Holy Spirit who can help us. Now we're stronger than we were before. And so the ability to do that. But in our mouth, we got to talk that. When you, when you refer to yourself, you got to talk that way. And so that would be a blessing to you. In our words, in our thoughts, obviously they're connected, and in our walk. Now, we talked about, uh, the, we, we subtitled this the knots of Proverbs 3. And here's a knot today that we're going we're gonna to talk about. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Well, if the scriptures say, don't let them forsake you, what, what do we have to guard against? Them forsaking you. In other words, leaving them. So don't, basically saying is, don't let mercy and truth leave your life. We want mercy and truth to be a part of our life because the scripture says that we can find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So again, this is the Lord writing the prescription. He sits down and he goes, Alan, I don't want you to let mercy and truth forsake you. Make them a part of your life. Put them around your neck. Write them on your heart because you'll find favor with God and man. Favor and a good reputation. Actually, that word means a good reputation. So, mercy and truth. We don't talk about that a lot. But the Bible says don't forsake it. So that means we need it. Right? Y'all got really quiet. Are you thinking or just, you're like, I don't want mercy. No, we, no, no, you want want mercy. Trust me on that. Mercy. Now, here's something interesting about mercy because I want to talk to the guys. You talk talk about mercy and we're like, no, 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 no. My wife, she's the merciful one. That's not me. I just tell it like it is. I'm just a, I'm a truth guy. She's mercy. I'm truth. I, I, I looked up mercy and uh, the Hebrew. I don't know Hebrew, but I can, I can look up Hebrew uh, study guides. Do you know the, the Hebrew word for, for mercy is a masculine noun? Truth guy. <laughs> So that means mercy is something that we need to have. And it, it's really, think about it, it indicates, here's what it indicates. Kindness, loving kindness, goodness, 
love, acts of kindness. You ever notice that people in, in the Bible oftentimes when Jesus was coming by, if they were trying to get his attention, what did they ask for? Mercy. Remember the blind men? Have mercy on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, son of David. He was, he was a blind Bartimaeus. He's screaming. He's blind. Jesus is going by. He's like, Lord, have mercy on me. He's like, Lord, I need you to be good to me. All the ten lepers, when Jesus was far off, they're, they're, they're shouting at him, go, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have goodness toward me. Have kindness and loving kindness toward me. And then they would ask for that. The Syrophoenician woman, she was a Canaanite woman. She did not have a covenant with God. She, did not, she was not Jewish, but she needed help from Jesus. And she's come, Lord, have mercy on me, Lord. She's asking for mercy. Mercy is a powerful thing. And Jesus talked about mercy. Jesus displayed mercy. And he says, we're not to let it leave us. We're to be merciful people, kind people, loving people, good people. Acts of kindness. That's what we do. You ever noticed, ever noticed that when there's a catastrophe, who were some of the first people on the scene? The Red, Red Cross, yes. First responders, yes. I got it. I got it. it, it it's, it's Christians. You ever notice Christians are always first people there. Man, they're out there. There's, man, there's ministries and Samaritan's Purse, and there's a ministry out of uh, Missouri. And man, they're out there, and they're merciful. And, and why? That's our nature. That's what we do. Do you ever notice we're not battling for space with atheists? You're not like, the atheists have brought a truck here, the atheist group. They're not there. We're there because we're merciful people. And we don't let mercy and truth forsake us. You want mercy, you sow mercy, you get mercy. Jesus put a premium on it. Matthew 23, 23, he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Those are spices. And you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other undone. The, the, the scribes and, and the Pharisees got so technical and so legalistic that they would get spices in and they would make sure that they, they tithe and put a tenth away and they tithe the tenth of that spice. And Jesus is like, time out, Sparky. You missed the whole point here. We're not just trying to tithe the spice. We need you showing justice. We need you showing mercy. We need you having faith. Those are the weightier matters. It's always a heart thing. You ever notice it's always a heart thing with Jesus? He's interested in the heart. He's interested in our heart. and He was asking for mercy. Mercy is a hallmark of God. Hallmark is a stamp. If you, the Great Britain started it in England, they, they'll stamp silver or gold or platinum. They'll stamp it with something to show its purity. And then it also, oftentimes they can even show you who made it, that some, some craftsmen have their own mark. If you see mercy, you've seen a sign of God. He is merciful. Book Titus. Paul is writing to Titus and he says this. For we ourselves were also, he's talking about what we were. We ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Aren't you glad that's what we were? We're not that anymore. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, 
not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. None of us was good enough. None of us earned it. None of us was just like the Lord said, oh, they are doing such a great job. It's not by our kindness. It's not by our goodness. It was the mercy of God that we're saved. And that mercy of God is something that we're not to, not to forsake in our own life. That's something that we're to exhibit towards others as well. We need mercy. Mercy, how about this? We say, we say today, we're talking more about walking in love. And that is still the commandment that Jesus gave us. And so we can't, we, we can't, and I haven't veered from my subject. We're still talking about having an abundant life. But guys, we have to understand if we're going to have to have an abundant life, we got to do it God's way. And God's way is that we're good to people, that we're kind to people, that we're merciful to people, that we, in other words, we treat people better than they deserve because God treated us better than we deserve. And, that, and you talk about something that reaches people, that reaches them. And so that kind of mercy is something that Jesus exhibited. He's told us to do it. It is not weak, neither is it earned. Joy shared a story tonight. We, it's wonderful having two preachers in the same house sometimes. <laughs> two preachers in the house. We can swap scriptures with one another. Oh, yeah? Well, what about this scripture? And she'd go, well, how about this scripture? So that's the downside. The good side is we get to share a lot of scriptures and, uh, and, and have a good time doing it. She told me a story tonight, and I went, wow. I said, I'm actually talking about mercy. And she told me a story about uh, uh, a senior officer who was disciplining uh, a young soldier. And in this discipline, he went overboard. And he really extended the bounds of what was acceptable. And he just, he just went off on this young soldier, and it, it was too much. And he, he, even after he did it, he knew it because, the, because he ignored it when the young soldier said through clenched teeth, you, you're going to regret this, but it's the last thing I do. He said that this, this company they were in, two days later were involved in a, in a battle and the senior officer was injured, wounded, and he was cut off from the rest of the, of the company. And he really was in a precarious position. But through the smoke and the haze, he saw this young soldier coming for him. He didn't know what to expect. But the young soldier grabbed him, drug him to safety, and, and really saved his life. He, uh, he looked at this soldier, and very apologetically, he said... Uh, Son, I owe you my life. And the, the young soldier laughed and said, I told you I'd make you regret humiliating me if it was the last thing I do. But that's a different, that's God's kind of revenge. You treated me bad, I'm going to treat you good. Now you're going to feel horrible for treating me bad. You ever done that to somebody? You said something snarky and they said something really sweet and kind real back and you're like, wow, now I feel bad. <laughs> God's kind of mercy. God's kind of mercy, it's all through the scriptures. It's all through the Bible. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. In fact, God's kind of mercy is what shows up in God's kind of wisdom. It's one of the, one of the marks, how you know someone is operating in God's wisdom. Look what James said. He said, the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable 
and gentle and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's a great checklist of things that if it's, if it's God's wisdom, it's going to be merciful. If it's God's wisdom, what it's not going to have in it is a harshness to it. If it's God's wisdom, it's going to have a, it's going to have a, a, a good tone to it. You can talk to it. You, you, God's wisdom, someone's operating God's wisdom, you can, you can reason with them. Someone who's operating God's wisdom, it, there's a willingness to yield. That's different than forcing your way or having your way. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. You say, well, Alan, I'm just not that kind of person. I'm just not a merciful person. Actually, you are. Because mercy is from God, and you're his child. And so we have the capacity. And Here's the thing. Maybe we haven't developed it, but we can. And we can get better at it. How many of you know that maybe in your relationships, if you were more merciful, that might make a difference? Well, how about this? What if the other person was more merciful? Would that make a difference? <laughs> but, but, but the bottom, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to vote for that. I want, I want, I want them to be merciful, Lord. <laughs> like those boys that were watching their mama make, make pancakes one morning. One was five, one was three, and they were, they were talking and they were starting to argue about who got the first pancake, and. Uh, the, uh, th- the three-year-old said, I get the first pancake. And the five-year-old said, no, I get the first pancake. So mom said, do a teaching moment. She said, boys, if Jesus were here, Jesus would say, no, you m- let my brother have the first pancake. And the, the five-year-old looked at the three-year-old and said, you be Jesus. <laughs> so if you're thinking tonight, now I need somebody to be merciful to me. I need some mercy coming my way. Well, if we need mercy coming our way, what's the best thing for us to sow in this life? So mercy. It was so mercy. And I, and I keep saying it. I keep, I, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's becoming more and more important. Our, our church does a good job. We're not, we're not perfect. We do a good job. We have got to show the world something different than what they've got. They're harsh. They're, they're unkind. They're angry. There's got to be something different. There's got to be something different in how we treat one another. There's got to be something different in how our relationships are. There's got to be something different. Gosh, we have got to make a distinction between how the world operates and how we operate. And it's not just what we wear or what we don't do or don't go to or what songs we don't listen to. It's about the heart. It's about our mercy. It's about our goodness. It's about can you be good to somebody else? No one is going to change their mind when you call them an idiot. You're just an idiot. You're just stupid. You just skip the bless your heart part. You're just stupid. Is it, it doesn't work for you. And it doesn't work on the world. Mercy. Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Truth, we'll start tonight. We won't finish it. Truth. You ladies will appreciate this. Hebrew word for truth is a feminine noun. That would have have been a good time for y'all to go, yep, see, I told you, amen. (laughs) It, uh, reality, genuine, accuracy, honesty. God's word is truth. 
Psalms 119, 160. The writer said, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Jesus spoke of God's word as being truth. John 17, 17. Jesus said, he was praying, he said, sanctify them. He was talking to the Father. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That word sanctifies means to set apart. To set apart by truth. There is, there is a, a setting apart when we begin to walk in God's truth and it will sep it'll separate you. It will set you apart. It will, it will make you different. Didn't say it makes you weird. It will make you different. And everyone else is just maybe blasting the company, blasting the boss, complaining, negative. And you go, hey, I'm glad to have a job. It's a good place to work. You say something like that, yes. just not, not being willing to complain, not being willing to go negative, not being willing to put someone down. Let me tell you something. That will set you apart. Yes. You get a bunch of people talking about their spouses. If we got people together, they start griping. I tell you what, man. I tell you what, women can't trust them. I've had eight wives and none of them were good. I just, you know. And someone else times in, I'll tell you, I've been, man, just, I'll tell you what, if I can find a good woman, I've got, if I can find, but I got the one I got. <laughs> if you pipe up and go, man, I'm real glad with the, with the wife God blessed me with, they're not going to look at you and go, oh, praise God, I'm so glad you shared that. They're going to look at you and go, they're going to look at you like you, you grew an eye in the, right in the middle of your forehead. <laughs> but there's some truth in saying, I'm not going to, to speak down about what God's done in my life. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to criticize what he's done. I'm going to say something good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at my kids and go, well, I tell you what, when they're teenagers, they just all go crazy. They go crazy and you can't do nothing with them. They go crazy. You got any kids? Yeah. Well, when they're teenagers, they're going to go crazy and you can't not be able to do anything with them. I don't, don't agree with that. I got truth from the word of God that says if I raise my children up in the way they shall go, even when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. I'm not buying crazy right now. I'm not buying divorce right now. I'm not buying mental oppression right now. I'm buying God's truth. And God's truth says I don't have to live that way. It doesn't have to be that way. I can have a good family. You got two people committed to that. I promise you you can have a good marriage. So, Alan, I, the other one's not committed to it. I, I can't get them to commit. Well, do the best you can. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're going, well, Lord, I've done the best I can. They're yours now. <laughs> and don't pray, kill them, Lord. They do not pray that. <laughs> don't pray that. But there is a truth. And God's word is separate. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about the, the phrase. And I don't like this phrase. Well, that's my truth. That's your truth and my truth. I, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't want to use that phrase. I just say, you know what? I, I want to stay with God's truth. Yes. People ask us questions sometimes. Like, what, what do you believe? And this is what I feel. And this is what, this is, I just feel this way. And I just feel this way. Let me tell you something about feelings. Yes. Feelings are real. But it does not mean they're truth. Yes. You can have all kinds of feelings. We, we've got... Hmm. We've got to help our children. When the world is pressuring them to make decisions about their gender based on their feelings. As parents, 
We need not to hate on these other people, but we need to be able to look at our child and go, the truth is this is how God has made you. He's made you a, a girl. He's made you a boy. We're going to stay with that. Now, that's not going to make you also popular out in the world. But I want to stay with God's truth. Not the truth that the world, not the, the stuff that the world keeps sending us. Let me tell you something. A five or six-year-old, they can't pick which lunchbox they want, much less which gender they should be. And that's why they need parents to make, help them make big decisions. We need to be able to say, I'm not going to be unkind. I'm not going to hate on you, but I'm going to stay with God's truth. And if that separates me from you, okay. But that's where I'm going to go. This is the truth. That's why it's so important to know what does the Bible say about these things. And we're going to, we're going to stay on that. It's not your truth, my truth. It's God's truth. And everything else is subject to change. Say, well, science is real. And science is constantly changing. When I grew up, they told me, don't eat eggs. They have cholesterol. Then they changed their mind. Eat eggs because there's good cholesterol in them. Then they, then they changed their mind again. Don't eat eggs because there's not. They don't even know what egg to eat. <laughs> I'm just so glad my Heavenly Father didn't go, well, you know, I changed my mind on that. I changed my mind on that. He just stays, it's true. It's true now. It's true 10 years from now. It'll be true 100 years from now. It'll be true 10,000 years from now. I'm going to go with God's truth. You say, well, what if it's not true? Listen, I'm willing to roll the dice on this. I'm willing to roll the dice and go, this is true. And I've staked my eternity on it. And I, you know what? And I got a peace in my soul. So well, you're, you're narrow-minded. Yeah. And saved. <laughs> and happy. And doing well. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for people who came, people who watched. Thank you, Father, that your truth can separate and distinguish and set free. Father, thank you that your truth can break through the fog that's out there in the world, that labels, that limits. Your true Father enables us to reach our full potential of what you've called us to be. Thank you. We're not limited to being sick and oppressed and beat down. Thank you that we can stand up and feel good about who we are and who we are in you. Thank you. Your truth revitalizes our whole concept of self-esteem. Your truth is reality. It's real now. It's real 10,000 years from now. Heaven and earth will pass away. Your words never will. Thank you for your truth. Reveal them to us. Show us how to walk in it and how to be a light to those around us who sit in darkness. We thank you for that. Said your bow and eyes are closed this evening. If you came, maybe you're here and you came in this, this weather and you go, Alan, I don't even know if I'm, I don't even know if I am saved. I don't know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm just not sure, but I want to be. Or maybe you said, I, I, man, I had a relationship with the Lord and man, things happened and I just walked away from him and uh, I, I don't want to be that way. I, I mean, I want to live, I want to live close again. I want to be right with him. So we're going to pray. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but we're going, to, we're going to say a prayer. We're going to pray it with you. But if that's you I'm talking to, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you I'm talking to, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge that. Say, Alan, would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up real quick across this auditorium and say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Yeah, got you. 
Anybody else? Thanks. All right. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and thought, oh, I really wanted to do that. You can pray this prayer from your heart. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that tonight. Thank you for those who have prayed it in time past and are getting more and more solid in who you are and who you are to them. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into light. Thank you, Father, for working in our hearts and lives. We thank you for these. Give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.